Welcome, everyone, to a brand new episode of Ian Hates Movies. That is right. What a way to start off 2021 by rebooting something that no one cared about. (laughs) And we start off with a laugh because we probably won't get that many for the rest of the show. But first, before I get too far ahead of myself, I do want to please recognize and introduce my new co-host for this episode, Nick. How are you doing, man? I'm doing well. It's uh, I think it's fitting that we're we're having a a reboot of something no one ever asked for. Exactly. And the episode's a reboot uh, no one ever asked for. Well, is that even true though? Because I thought so many people loved the first movie and were really looking forward to this movie. <laughs> Am I wrong? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. You're right. I think. Uh, I honestly left the theaters feeling so empowered that uh, until now, I'm glad. It's kind of like, uh, what is it, Kendall Jenner's Pepsi commercial? This is really what's going to solve all of our problems in 2021. I have to go back to something. You actually saw, and we'll introduce the film in a second, but you actually saw the first one in the theaters? Oh, yeah. Was it a uh, date? <laughs> of course it was. Okay. All right. <laughs> now I get it. Now I get it. did you guys have a huge intellectual conversation about the nuances of women in film between directing and acting was that how you guys kind of ended that evening yeah no i think uh it was uh, a very uh vicious dialogue about you know the the gender roles and uh where where we think hollywood should be it was very uh, honestly uh, a super philosophical discussion now i'm sure you were on the side of women though you were definitely on the oh, side yeah, of women. Yeah, I mean, sure. I, I support women. Of I, course. I love women. Hashtag I also, me too. Uh, in, yeah, in the, in the interest of uh, making fun of a movie that uh, has a, a strong undertone of female empowerment, and we'll probably use the Ghostbusters defense of it's not bad, <laughs> men just don't like women. I am wearing a tweed jacket that you can't see over audio. Damn. Um, so that way I can call this a very uh, intellectual uh, discussion. Rather than uh, a thorough evisceration of just a terrible, terrible feminist. If if this show continues and we continue to make more episodes of Ian Hates Movies, we're going to have to each institute our green screens. Because I know you've got one. I've got one as well. We might have to put this on YouTube or some shit and actually (laughs) show your tweet jacket. (laughs) (laughs) I've got two for the, the varying levels of intellectual I have to pretend to be. Oh, wait, wait. So is this the lower level or is this the upper level? Oh, this is the lower level. Okay. Just uh, I look good on uh, audio. <laughs> <laughs> I have a face made for radio, as the saying goes. That is a classic saying. And to, I think, to piggyback off that and make a transition, I think it is now time to let everyone know, even though they've seen the title of the fucking episode anyways, but we are going to be talking about Wonder Woman 1984. And I'm pretty sure that the cliched statement that you made up there was actually probably from back in that time period, I would think. What, the 60s, maybe? Yeah, yeah, sounds like it. Somewhere around there. So this works perfectly. It is Wonder Woman 1984, the year of our Lord. And it is about time we talk about this. What a way to start out your 2021. And by the way, it is now still 2020. We are actually recording this on New Year's Eve because who actually has the ability to do anything anymore? So, Nick, I'm just going to ask you really quick. Do you actually have plans for tonight? 
oh no, I'm uh, going to get really drunk. I have two 12 packs of Bud Light Limes <laughs> and uh, I just found all my old Guitar Hero band shit. So I think I'm just going to drink heavy all day, play some Guitar Hero and pass out whenever I pass out. That actually sounds about pretty, you, dude, that sounds pretty fucking awesome. That sounds <laughs> like really, I mean, not the Bud Light Lime part, but the <laughs> garage band is just drinking. Like I, for instance, for me, I have a brand new bottle of the Slipknot small batch whiskey that I am Ooh. going to be opening. Yes, I have never tried it before and it probably sucks and it probably spent a bunch of money because it's Slipknot's name on it. That's probably the way it <laughs> went, but who cares? I mean, what else are you going to do yeah. with money nowadays anyways? <laughs> exactly. I mean, money's just made up. Uh, pretty much. I think most of the things that we do now in life are just made up because we're all going to die from Corona anyways. So what does it matter? Was that too dark? <laughs> yeah, yeah, just... Was that too dark? For no, going no, into no, it's, you got to remember, this is airing in 2021. The, that problem has been solved. Oh, you're now. right. You're right. Because, yes, the actually people will make their wishes tonight at midnight and it will cure everybody and that's the way it works right yeah no exactly uh, wishes come true uh, every new year's eve it can it can happen to you and it certainly happened to us with this movie that's that's what <laughs> sure. our, our deep town wishes came true <laughs> oh fuck all right so we we do have to start this somewhere we we gotta do we so let me let me give a little bit of background for this opening scene so for anyone that doesn't know with Ian Hates movies, basically what we do is we kind of go through the movie from start to finish. It will not be two and a half hours long, though, that I can assure <laughs> you we are not having the movie in the background and just talking about it. But spoiler alert for sure, we are going to go through everything in this movie, everything that stood out to us, everything that we want to make fun of. And who knows, maybe even something that worked, but I, I'm not exactly sure. As you can tell by our attitudes, I think you can tell that this movie wasn't that great. But I think we got to at least start with that that first scene where Diana is is a little girl in uh how do you say how do you say the Amazon island again? Do you know the, oh, how to God. say that name correctly? Therma no Thermacilia? Yeah, Thermacilia. Yeah, something like some that. Greek shit. We're going <laughs> to we're going to mess up a lot of names I think because we really don't care what was going on in this movie that much. So I know, by the way, Nick, I believe you watched this with your parents, correct? Oh, yeah. That was a fantastic <laughs> day after Christmas viewing. My parents are huge movie snobs. My mom was in film for a bunch of years as a cinematography. And uh, wow. they uh, both agreed it was the worst movie Whoa. they possibly have ever seen. Well, you certainly didn't bury the lead there. That's, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> So my parents also watched the movie. My mom fell asleep, even though she was very excited to see the movie. I think that should tell you something right there. And then my dad was very, very upset. I think because we we might as well say it. I think we all agreed this was one of, if not the worst movie of 2020. And I think the whole partnership with HBO Max was the reason to act like the reason for saying it might be considered not a flop is because they released it on HBO Max. So anyone who has HBO Max could watch it and that counts towards their numbers possibly. But I know they also subsequently released it 
basically in theaters as well. Now, I certainly did not go to the theaters. I have HBO Max, so I watched it there. I know my parents watched it that way. And I believe you and your parents watched it that way too, right, Nick? Oh, yeah. No, I wasn't going to pay good money for this. No, there's absolutely no way. But I will say, and, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but I am a little bit excited that they made this partnership with with HBO Max because I believe all the WB movies that were going to come out in 2020 and 2021 are now going to come out on HBO Max as well. Isn't that right? Oh, yeah. And I'm super excited as someone who has spent too much money on a home theater system. Yeah, you do. Actually, Nick has a fantastic setup for watching movies. So that is actually really good. The other good part, at least for me, is that I do have a problem wanting to watch bad movies, especially bad superhero movies. So they are releasing the Snyder Cut of Justice League and then a bunch (laughs) of other stuff. And, oh, I'm so excited. Because, by the way, Nick, and I don't know if you know this or not, but I have not watched Justice League. Me either. I I was just waiting for the Snyder Cut the whole time. Yeah. I mean, we're (laughs) such huge fans. Such huge fans. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) But I got to tell you. They're saying that movie is going to be like four, four and a half hours long. I will be watching that because you better fucking guarantee that there will be an Ian Hates movies. <laughs> but by the way, I know everything that happens in Justice League. So it's not like we're going to be completely talking out of our ass here. We do know what happened. But why would anyone put themselves? I guess you can ask the question of why, why would we put ourselves through watching Wonder Woman 1984 as well? but. If you remember, Wonder Woman's considered to be pretty much the best DC movie, I would say, in this whole like Snyder universe and all that kind of shit, right? Oh, yeah. Well, then again, think of what your competition is. You have like the awful CGI Aquaman one. Yeah. uh, Don, whatever their Batman versus Superman that came out (laughs) a bunch of years ago. Barbara. The greatest scene of all time is when they realize that their mother's names are the same, so they become best friends. Oh, yeah. I, I think that's just like the the look of realization from Ben Affleck's leathered, alcoholic face just really sold the entire <laughs> franchise for me. I was I was in from there. Wasn't that around the same time that he did that movie about being an alcoholic basketball coach, like The Way Home or something? Oh, yeah. That was, uh, that. thank God for HBO Max. Yeah. I saw that. HBO Max <laughs> is killing it. Killing him with the great movies. But by the way, keeping Ben Affleck afloat through his divorce. That's right. For them. I will say, I will say, I think the best DC movie is actually Shazam. Yeah. That's that's my choice. I think because you knew that movie was supposed to be goofy. Mm -hmm. So it made sense. And the guy from Chuck, I think, did a very good job with, you know, the writing that he had and everything. So I would say Shazam. Because I actually, I had a lot of problems with Wonder Woman 1. I know a lot of people wanted to like celebrate that as like the best, but there's a lot of stuff wrong with that movie. And a lot of it comes out here in Wonder Woman 1984 as well. So we should get to that. But sorry, once again, we go on tangents on the show. It's just the way it is. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So that opening scene is Diana as a little kid, and she's running through Thermoscura or whatever the fuck. And they're basically going to have their Amazon games, I guess. And since there's no background to this, I have no idea if this is just a typical like Monday 
for them? <laughs> do they do this every day? Is this a yearly event? Is this every four years? I have no idea. But you start off right away with bad CGI, and it looks like an Amazon Hogwarts. Would I be correct on that? Yeah, it's it's an open-air Hogwarts. Yes. Yes. With all women, and the women in the crowd do not stop cheering the entire time. No matter what they're seeing, there is no gas, there's not oohs and ahs, there's not, whoa, what's going on? There's no announcer. They just cheer the entire time. Well, yeah, it's just women supporting women. Which is great. I mean, I'm all for that. So I completely, I completely <laughs> get it. But now, so it's never explained why Diana is part of this competition because she's got to be what, like 10? Yeah. In whatever weird Amazon years. Yeah. So maybe she's fucking 30. I don't know. But all the rest of the women look like they're in their like late 20s, early 20s, maybe early 30s. You know, they're jacked and they are super tall. They even start it like the looks that some of them give Diana. It's like, oh, they're going to definitely try and sabotage her during this race of whatever it is. But they don't. So that's just another like drop storyline that they don't go into whatsoever. <laughs> so. Anyways, what ends up happening is Diana takes a relatively early lead and they have a bow and arrow and they have to shoot these points and then the smoke goes up and you have to hit each of these clearance points in order to move on. Well, at one point she gets so cocky and she's not paying attention that she gets knocked off her horse. So for the next, you know, everyone goes around her and at the next checkpoint, she doesn't get to do her bow and arrow thing. Basically, she's out at that point, but she sees a shortcut, which is relatively, relatively, sorry, innovative because she's not cheating as in the horse went a different way. She just goes ahead and slides down this mountain and then gets back on her horse and continues the race like she's ahead of everybody. So as she comes back into the arena, that woman, I guess, is her aunt or whatever, stops her. As she's about to throw the javelin to win and two other ladies behind her come up and throw the javelin and one of them wins. And then she's crying on the ground. Keep in mind, there is no reaction from the crowd when the aunt stops her who technically they look like she's in first place. Yeah. So this whole thing, I have no idea why they couldn't put the little details in this movie, but they don't. So she gets tackled. She starts crying. The aunt says stuff about like, you know, you cheated, so you can't win, and it's okay not to be ready to win. And then something about lies and cheating are bad, I think, is the gist. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately for the movie versus uh, Ian's summary, that's an 11-minute-long <laughs> scene. <laughs> so they're like, they're flipping, they're having their own weird interpretation of conservation Hogwarts. of momentum. Ah, yes. And it's just... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, the physics go out the window. I'm not going to get into it because, you know, it's my background. But uh, <laughs> yeah, entirely, it's a 10 minute long scene for something that quite easily could have been four minutes. So it kind of sets up the rest of the movie as like a lot more, uh, a lot more of that bloat. Yeah. Two and a half hours. Oh, my God, this is going to drag, basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and now I would like to say, if you're going to show, I mean, I guess I kind of understand Based on that whole, you know, race and everything, I guess I understand why they got their ass handed to them twice in other uh, WB movies or other DC movies. One, 
is they got their asses handed to them by the most basic of Nazi fighters. So that's that's one. And the other is when they got wiped out by Steppenwolf. So they obviously were not training well. Maybe they should have stopped racing and actually had some combat training. Maybe worked on some of that kind of stuff. I don't know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, you're right. It's funny because, like, if you imagine they're doing all this, like, random fake Olympic stuff all the time and, and Wonder Woman one when they're like whenever they're visiting, you know, she's doing the fight training and they're all like these fantastic warriors. But they all get beat by like a, you know, like the stupidest shit in the world. Like, yeah, yeah America beat the Nazis. And, you know. Yeah. No, no, exactly. And not to mention, now I know if I have the mythology correct, Wonder Woman is the daughter of the queen, but then also Zeus, right? Yep. So she is technically more gifted because she's half God than these other Amazon women. Yeah. In a way, it makes sense that she would want to do these competitions and be maybe even better than a lot of them at such a small age. So that all makes sense. But like you mentioned, this scene should not have been as long and really doesn't have anything to do with the rest of the movie except to say that cheating is wrong. And it turns out that cheating is when you wish for something. Yeah. Well, don't give too much away. Oh, sorry. Whoa. <laughs> so, well, yeah, I, I think other than that final, you know, like Ian was saying, that the arm on the shoulder scene where, like, it's better to lose and not to lie. Yeah. I think uh, that that could have been just summed up in, like, a, a nice, like, mother-daughter moment rather than, you know, 11-minute flash in the pan. True. And did she not know that lesson when she went out in Wonder Woman 1? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe she thought cheating was okay back then so she had to remember this specific (laughs) moment for this movie so i i totally get it so then we flash forward to the year of our lord 1984 and now i i have to bring this up again so diana is working in the smithsonian she has not changed her name and she looks the exact same so it's 60 something years after world war one so what 66 years somewhere around there she hasn't changed anything about herself but yet, no one thinks there's anything weird going on. And I would also like to mention that in Batman v Superman, if I, I think it was that, might have been Justice League, I think it's Batman v Superman, when Wonder Woman talks to Ben Affleck, she tells him that she stepped away from the human world for a hundred years, something like that. So all of this is documented. All of this is something that Ben Affleck could have easily, I should just say Batman, that Batman could find <laughs> when he was doing his research. So right there, I don't know why they allowed this movie to go on if you're trying to have this whole universe, because this was not an alternate universe. They, they don't establish that. They don't say anything at the end like, oh, no, everyone goes back to normal and no one remembers anything. There is there's nothing like that. So how do they justify this, Nick? I have to know. Oh, man, I wish I had an answer. It's something I was puzzling with. Okay. Because it is a major theme of the movie that it's like, oh, yeah, like she doesn't interact with anybody, but she looks the same and she's still in the public light and she still has a job and she gets found in the phone book. Yeah. And I would I would understand. So the whole first scene in Washington, D.C. is, you know, they're setting up ham handedly, I might add. 
that this is 1984. So there are people <laughs> littering. And it's always guys, by the way, always guys yeah. doing like the, the major, major bad stuff. And they start the movie by showing her protect like a, a fast walker with her leggings and everything like because that apparently happened all the time in the 80s. So they're just walking around. It, it, it seemed like a crazy place to live. The, the 80s. I guess I wish we all lived there. Oh, wait, I shouldn't make any wishes. Sorry. So we, we start the movie <laughs> with that shit. And she's going around, uh, I guess, at the speed of the Flash. Because I forget that Wonder Woman, because she is a woman, has every single power. So she's pretty much as fast as a Flash. So she's just helping everybody. But I do want to bring up something. Do you remember, Nick, that in the montage of the 80s at the beginning... There are those girls that steal stuff from the convenience store. Do you remember that? Yep. As they run past a woman and a man getting married, they, for some reason, push the bride over the bridge and don't stop. They just keep on running. So Wonder Woman saves the woman on the bridge, but then never goes after the girls. Why is that? (laughs) Uh, you know, they're, they're running too fast. They're kids. Oh, okay. All right. I was just checking because technically not only did they steal things, but they also almost committed murder. Yeah. But yet they're free to go. (laughs) And maybe it's because they're women. If you notice, she only, they were just, (laughs) they were saving her from an assassination attempt or something, you know, or maybe her dress was on fire and they were pushing her in the river. There's a greater purpose there. I think the whole point is women never do anything wrong. Oh yeah. Easily. As long as we're both on the record as saying that. Yes, absolutely. Please timestamp this and make sure <laughs> make sure you have this. I have my attorney time. on the other line. <laughs> so then after this part, they there are these robbers. A, I'm sorry. It's so funny. There are these robbers that are in a mall that go into a bank. And for some reason, the bank is a front for stolen antiquities. <laughs> Why? Why is that a thing? It's not even in the vault. It's in a back room. So like yeah. <laughs> And how did these guys know about it? And by the way, they're not connected to any part of the story. It's not like the lead antagonist hired them to go steal that. The lead antagonist already had the shipment of what he wants and we'll get to that in a little bit. The shipment of what he wanted was in that back room addressed to him. It wasn't even addressed to an alias. Like, that's how stupid all of this setup was. So after they steal these random things, and they don't, by the way, they don't steal the item that, you know, the antagonist wants. So they they have this plan that obviously doesn't work because they have this, like, fat guy who, uh, I don't know, he drops his gun and then everyone in the mall freaks out. And then out of nowhere, here comes Wonder Woman dressed in all of her uniform for everyone to see. She's lassoing around. She's doing her thing, talking about how she doesn't like guns. And she's saving every little girl because no little boys are around and stuff. So it's always saving little girls. Nick, I just please tell me your feelings. I got to get a drink because I've been talking for a while. So please tell. What kind of drink? Because we're only 13 minutes into the movie so far. I think I'm opening up this (laughs) bottle of whiskey. Oh my God. They super overplay this one interaction between little girl and Wonder Woman in the mall. 
Yep. And it's, I know what they're going for. It's supposed to be like a relatable moment because Ian and I are not their target demographic. What? We uh, live in our parents' basement <laughs> too long and we have awful scruffy facial hair. We're, we're definitely members of incel. Yeah, 100%. And there's this long, drawn-out process of, like, every time Wonder Woman does something well, she, like, winks at this little girl. Yes. <laughs> and it, it's, it's there. I, I, I don't feel great about it, but, you know, would it have saved us any of the two and a half hours? No. 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 I mean, add in the terrible, terrible CGI. Oh. Everything looks completely unrealistic. That's my killer part about DC. Is I don't like, I, I guess I have this image in my head that maybe 30 years ago, Marvel said, we have all these plans, we have all these ideas, we have congruency in all these ideas that we want to do over the next 30 years. Let's hire every single person who's good at CGI so that we're ready to go when we have to. And maybe that just left DC with only like, children and interns and that's the only way that they've been able to do cgi because you can't name a dc movie that has any good cgi in it there's none no and it's and when it's bad it's jarringly bad because it's always in motion right yeah oh. and and i mean those those moments of watching diana where it's almost like the gopro view oh yeah <laughs> so so deuce chilly so incredibly too chilly. So I am just, oh. look, I, I know people can probably hear in my voice I'm amped up. I love talking about this because I really, <laughs> I'm trying to find some humor in this movie because I was legitimately upset while I was watching it. And my parents, when they watched it, they told me they were upset. This is a upsetting movie for anyone yeah. who likes superheroes and likes movies in general. Yeah, anybody with two eyes and some ears that work, uh, I think this movie would upset them. Especially because this movie, oh God, they keep pulling this thing. One of their interns must have found out about angular momentum. Yes. And so there's a lot of swinging in this movie, like so much swinging. This movie could have been about like an early 70s couple who need to spice up their love life. Oh my and God. And it's just... That coupled with awful CGI, if you are motion sick at all, like if you at all have ever been motion sick, never see this movie. Yeah. Because you will just vomit all over yourself. It is just nauseating. Well, they go, what does none of the other superheroes have in any universe? A lasso. So I guess we should use that all the fucking time. And that lasso <laughs> does not need to latch on to anything which you will see later on in the movie too. Even in the mall, there are plenty of times where the lasso doesn't actually touch anything. And it just allows her to terribly swing into whatever location she wants. So obviously she catches all the bad guys and then for some reason throws them on the top of a cop car from like three stories and they're okay. It's, it's very yeah, strange. Yeah, it was it was very weird. Plus, that's damage to the cop car, and now the police department has to pay for that. And that comes out of the taxpayers' money. Exactly. So once again, it's that 1%. You know what I mean? Oh, you hate to see the way superheroes abuse civil budgets. Yeah, hey, this is what they were talking about in the Marvel movies. 
you have to you have to have some regulation over these people. That's that's the way it has to be. <laughs> so, by the way, when the reporter reports on this incident, he mentions that there are multiple times that year that a feminine or a female superhero or something has come in to thwart these issues. So once again, she's not keeping a low profile. Yeah. So how does no one in the universe know about her? And that also brings up another question we'll I'll, I'll ask later on as well. But that that still bugs me. This is not part of the timeline of what DC was trying to set up. So why did they allow this to happen? Because <laughs> they didn't plan ahead. I I mean, it would have been easy enough to have... Ah, wow. It would have been easy enough for her to have not said that line in Batman v Superman. That's it. Just don't say that line. And then you could have done whatever you wanted, but you didn't. Oh, it just... Ugh. It kills me. It kills me. So anyways, yeah. so after that, we see Diana that she is working in the Smithsonian and we meet a sort of antagonist towards the end. We meet uh, Minerva, right? Is <laughs> Beverly Minerva. <laughs> <laughs> Who is a real character, by the way. I did not know this. I had to look it up because I really did not. Besides some Batman and a few Superman comics when I was growing up, I was really DC. Uh, sorry, Marvel. Ugh. Wow, don't go back to that. No, I can't even believe I said that. So I was always Marvel, except for a couple, you know, they got me into comics. And then I realized that DC is nowhere near as good as Marvel. So I went over to Marvel, but I had to look up. Apparently, Cheetah is an actual villain of Wonder Woman. Actually, I guess one of her best. Huh. Uh, I mean, I guess that's, that's not the so best they've got. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is Wonder Woman. Look, everyone knows Wonder Woman sucks, right? I mean, we don't have to. Do we have to pretend for that? <laughs> I mean, Superman sucks. Let's be quite honest there, too. True. I don't know. The only thing yeah. I the only thing I like about Superman is the speech in Kill Bill 2. That's that's the only thing <laughs> I like about Superman. Other than that, I, I could not care less. So Kristen Wiig is playing. It, I think it is Barbara, right? It's not Beverly. Is it Beverly Minerva or Barbara Minerva? I think it's Barbara. So Kristen Wiig is Barbara, and Kristen Wiig is dressed, I guess, like an 80s woman. I, I guess she has big glasses on. But once again, you can't tell me that Kristen Wiig is not attractive. Yeah, I... Uh, yeah, go one ahead. One of those go classic ahead. examples of like, oh, you took your glasses off and you you pumped your hair out, and now you're gorgeous. Like, as if nobody could put that two together. Yeah, this is She's All That in 1984. So... They, once again, they've stolen that entire concept for this movie because they're lazy. One of the things you have to take out, uh, take away from this movie is that they are very, very lazy. So going over the top on what the 80s looks like, that is very, very lazy. Look, Hot Tub Time Machine did it better than this movie. So just understand they did not put a lot of thought into things. And one of the things they didn't put a lot of thought into, once again, is that Kristen Wiig is attractive, but yet she's clumsy. And when she like drops her papers and her files, no guy helps her. There are guys all around and all they do is they catcall every single woman or do some kind of sexual assault. That's men's roles in this movie. 
I actually, when I was rewatching it, I made a conscious effort to count the number of sexual assaults. Oh man! Like where people, where like whenever a woman is walking alone at night. Yeah. Oh man, I, I don't know when the time to. We'll we'll save that for later because it was a it was a decent sized tally. Yeah, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say right off the bat, it's a hundred percent of every <laughs> like <laughs> any interaction with a non main character male is is sexual assault. It's just bad. Yeah. And keep in mind, this is set in Washington, D.C., in the government area. So not in what you would consider the slums, not in what you would consider the quote-unquote bad parts of Washington, D.C., which do exist. This movie does not take place in where those areas would be. So 1984, just, I can't, I can't even, (laughs) (laughs) oh. I'm getting more laughs out of this than I thought I would. So that is that is very good. <laughs> it's better to laugh than to cry. It really, it, tr- it truly is. <laughs> I already got my tears out about this. Okay, movie. all right. After every guy, you know, lets Barbara, you know, trip on the ground, doesn't help her, give her snide looks for some reason. That's when, of course, Diana comes over and helps her and introduces herself. And they try, because Barbara's got now this kind of, you know, she's like, oh, wow, Diana's beautiful and she's nice and she's high up in the Smithsonian. I want to be just like her. I want to be friends with her or whatever. So they they all work in like the geology department or whatever the fuck. And all of the items from that antiqu- that, that illegal antiquities uh, shop comes to the Smithsonian. So they're looking through things and then they see this very phallic filled with like gems or whatever or what or just crystals or something but yeah that becomes we find out later that that is the wish stone (laughs) barbara brings it out she hands it over to diana and diana has it in her hands and basically says what she would wish for which is basically to have uh steve trevor come back which was chris pine in the first movie, if people remember, he sacrificed himself in a move that did not have to be made, by the way. Um, but he oh. did he did sacrifice himself to show, you know, to show Wonder Woman that humanity isn't all bad and blah, 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 blah. So I would like I personally, Nick, for the rest of this, would kind of like to call that the penis <laughs> stone from now on, because it is obvious that the message here is penises are bad, vagina is good. Yeah, 100%. I, I, I'm down with that. Okay. I, I knew you would it's be, buddy. penis stone. I'm just writing it down so I don't forget. <laughs> so Diana and Barbara go to lunch. And what I found very, very funny about the scene is they start off the scene with Diana losing her mind in laughter. And I go, wow. Kristen Wiig right there must have been super funny, but I guess they didn't know what to keep in the movie. So they're just like, oh, obviously these two are getting along. So let's have Diana like laugh. And then for the rest of the time, Kristen Wiig doesn't say anything funny whatsoever. Nope. Until she just out of the blue goes, so have you been in love? What are these people? (laughs) Who who talks like that? I I know the 80s was a different time. But no one is that open with just asking people that kind of thing. Especially like you just met her that afternoon. Yes. And it's it's the classic. I don't know why DC does this in every movie, but it's the classic like, oh, they had fun off screen and you're yes. just going to have to trust that they have a connection now. 
And I think you do have to trust it because neither of them say anything interesting the entire movie. No. Is it like that whole like girls being friends type thing where you know they're not really friends, but they kind of make it seem like they're friends? Is that what we're supposed to assume? It's just, you know, a sisterhood. <laughs> if there had been traveling pants in this movie, I would have loved it. Yeah, that would have been a much better MacGuffin than yes. uh, the, ah, the penis stone. I do love that word so much, MacGuffin. By the way, Nick, would you give everyone the a kind of brief definition of what that means? Yeah, MacGuffin in, in film, at least, uh, is that useless. Well, I guess the object isn't useless, but it's the nondescript thing that the protagonists are chasing, like right. the, the main pursuit object of the movie. Exactly. I think the classic example is like the Maltese Falcon and the Maltese Falcon. Like it's just (laughs) something. It's there to be, you know, God after. Yes. You have to have a reason for the plot to continue forward. And this is the reason for it. So, yes, I completely, completely agree with that. And our MacGuffin in this movie is the penis stone. Yeah. So as they continue their conversation, you know, Diana talks about Steve a little bit and how he's a pilot and she looks up in the sky and sometimes she sees him and blah, 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 blah. And you know, at some point, Steve is coming back, but you know, you don't know how, why, or when, or why it's taking however long it's taking. So they finish their lunch and for some reason it stretches into the point of darkness because now Barbara's going to go back to the office. And this is when you first see, I think, I would say, Nick, this is the first sexual assault. <laughs> yep, this is this is number one, and uh, I'll give you the final tally towards the middle. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a, a drunken businessman who sees Barbara walking back and basically, I guess, tries to rape her. And Diana was following them or creepily following them. And she kind of throws him, you know, like 15, 20 feet. And Barbara's like, whoa, how do you do that? And she's like, oh, I just use his momentum against him. I'll teach you, blah, blah. And then just leaves her alone. And Barbara goes back, gets the penis stone, puts the penis stone in her hands, and goes ahead and wishes to be more like Diana. And, of course, then everyone groans, as they should. I would assume that people in the theater would groan out loud because it is so terrible and lazy to do something like this. But that's what they do. And now Barbara does not know that Diana has powers. So we'll get to that in a little bit. She falls asleep in her office. She wakes up and she's more agile than she's ever been. And then guys just start like looking her up and down blatantly. (laughs) And then we get technically introduced in person to Max Lord. Nick, take it away. I got to get another drink. (laughs) Okay. So yeah, Max Lord's are... uh... I don't know, call him a televangelist. He's he's got the personality, but he's he's this TV businessman who sells his oil businesses. Yeah. Really looks like one of those like Cutco knives, like Herbalife kind of pyramid scheme kind of things where yep. everybody gets invested. It's for everybody. It's a great financial opportunity. There's some hint that it's an oil company, but it's not really selling itself as an oil company. And Max Lord just just like at the start great actor for this movie he's like you know you can tell he's trying to butter up barbara he's trying to find out more about the the place they are in the smithsonian saying he's going to give a lot of money and he gives this this air that there's something sinister going on vaguely exactly and what ends up happening is obviously 
as you, well, I guess maybe you see it later, but the penis stone was actually supposed to be sent to him. So he goes over to Barbara's office, sees it in there, you see his dark, sinister look, and then they go away. Now, at any point, he could have just opened the door to the office and taken the stone or done what he ends up doing, but we'll get to that for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so what ends up happening is now I forget I forget this part. I think that Diana puts it together that the penis stone was going to Max and that he has some kind of link with this. So they're throwing some Smithsonian party, like invite only, fancy attire, all this kind of bullshit. And Diana doesn't normally go to these things, but she goes to it and she's wearing like this really nice, almost like a gown businesswoman type thing or whatever and of course she doesn't want any attention but she shows up looking like that and every guy in the smithsonian party looks at her and talks to her and tries to hit on her and she's trying to get to max but until she has the ability like at the same time barbara shows up and barbara looks good she has her glasses off and she's wearing a really nice dress and everyone's complimenting her and before Diana can see Max, Max sees Barbara and asks to go back to her office to have sex. And now I guess Barbara's just completely fine <laughs> with that because we've already told you that she doesn't get attention like any other time. So they go back to her office. I think they have sex, but they do talk about the penis stone. And he just asks if he can take it to somebody who knows what it's about. And she's like, yeah, of course. Like, what do I care? And right there, she should have been fired. Yeah, <laughs> any right. normal job, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Especially, they mention when they're, you know, initially inspecting the artifacts that, like, this is for an FBI investigation. Yes. So did you just steal something that is property in an investigation from the FBI? Like, isn't that a crime? Yeah, you are definitely not allowed to do that. Not even the 80s. Are you allowed to do that? I know rules have become stricter, but even in the 80s, you were not allowed to give a donor one of these major artifacts that's part of an FBI investigation. But she just does it because she's like, whoop de doo, yeah. I'm a chick and blah, blah, blah. So she gives, she gives it to him. And at this time now, Diana is still at the party. And all of a sudden, some dude that we've never seen before and no one's ever seen before starts talking like Steve, to Diana. Now, Diana's getting upset, and he puts a watch in her hand, very similar to what happened in Wonder Woman 1, and then all of a sudden, you you see through Diana's eyes, you see Chris Pine. <laughs> yep. Another one of those nausea-inducing moments, not only for the writing, but also because of the motion blur, yes. bad CGI, and they're just the camera just swivels around them three or four times so they can make the face change. Yes. Exactly. And just like, so we knew we knew this was going to happen. And then what ends up happening is she takes him and they walk around like the reflecting pool and all that kind of shit. And he looks up in the sky and sees a plane. He's like, oh, my God, this is amazing. And they go back to this guy's apartment. And now here's the crazy thing, too, is don't you think with how good a person Diana is supposed to be with how that's been like shoved down our throat since minute one of meeting her. She would be like, what the fuck is going on? I'm pretty sure this is an actual human being that you have now stolen his body. Yeah, that, 
it hits her the next morning, but like, yeah, for that whole night, she's just like, oh yeah, like my boyfriend's just stealing someone's life. Yeah, that's fine. We'll figure it out. And that's what they do is they end up talking about how he woke up in this guy's body. They have this whole thing in the mirror where he's looking at the guy being like, oh, I guess he's kind of a cool guy. And then they make fun of him a little bit because he has some pictures of himself around his apartment. And then, yeah, like that whole entire message, though, is very strange because they don't seem to care that they've taken somebody's life. Interestingly enough, yeah, they don't care until they get laid. And then the next morning, they're like, okay, we should figure out why you stole somebody's life. Yeah. And now I will bring up a very controversial subject right now. Technically, since that guy is not really that guy and isn't able to give consent, didn't Diana rape that guy? I would say so. Yeah. Ooh. I hope you add that to the tally of sexual assault. (laughs) <laughs> you know, I'm gonna. That that does bring it up. Technically, that's like having sex with someone when they're in a blackout. Exactly. Yeah, had no control of his body. Yeah, you can't give consent nope. during that time. So Chris Pat gave yeah, Chris Pine gave consent for him. I, I don't know if that checks out yeah, in American courts. I don't think you're allowed to like tag in your buddy. <laughs> I don't think that's There's a, a bunch thing. of steel chairs under the mattress. This isn't a tag match. No, this is terrible. This is 2021, Nick. All right. We can't have this shit. You would have gotten away with it in 2020 as well, but 2021, different ball game. Yeah, even even worse. So I think they need to edit that scene out. I think that whole thing needs to be wiped out. <laughs> That'll be the Snyder Cut of this movie. Oh my god, dude. The Snyder Cut would show the entire action. <laughs> it would show the soul of the other guy in the background going like, no, no, I don't give consent. Like It would be... Yeah. Oh, <laughs> It'd be like the Color movie Sucker. Changes. You can't see him. It's too dark in the room. That isn't that. Oh, that's always so true. Besides Solo, there has never been movies that are as dark as Snyder movies. <laughs> Remember Sucker so Punch? <laughs> oh my god! You couldn't even see half the movie. Basically, Sucker Punch is exactly what happened to that guy who had his life taken from him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he just, he just went on a dream adventure, yeah. Yeah, just just forget about all these things while you're being raped right now. Sorry. <laughs> all right, we got way too dark. Way too dark for 2021. This is supposed to be a much lighter, lighter year. So we get through this, and then we have to go through the 80s montage. And this is where I wanted to shoot myself in the face. I couldn't believe that they were being this campy because this movie doesn't do camp well. So they do the whole scene where he's trying on different clothes and he talks about parachute pants and he says, oh, does everyone parachute here in the 80s? And it's like, oh, that's so funny. And then they keep and then fanny packs and blah, blah, blah. And then they take him out to see a train and an escalator. And then he sees a trash can, but he's seen a trash can a million times before. There really hasn't been any innovation in trash cans in the 80s. But he's just like, oh, that's just a trash can. Okay, I got it. That's. Did you laugh? Did you have any fun during that whatsoever? I think I giggled uh, since I saw it with my parents the first time. And my parents initially started dating while my dad was going to school in D.C. Oh, they were like, oh, yeah, like that looks accurate, blah, 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 blah. And then they're laughing because they're like, yeah, escalators have been around since 1900. Right. Right. Like, like these, are, these are things that shouldn't be new. Trains, trains have been a long, around for a long time. 
the first Metro, isn't that uh, Boston and London? Yeah, yeah this isn't <laughs> Thor. It's not Thor coming from Asgard to present day. You know, it's it's not. This is already well. You could have shown them cooler things. Like I love how they like they eventually go to the Air and Space Museum. Like that makes a lot of sense. That makes he was way, a pilot, yes, right? And you catch him up on the space race, and you catch him up on the moon landing, and that's great. But showing him a train is not as great. Showing him a train, showing him break dancing, and then some other dumb shit. Yeah, it just. It was time filler for a movie that shouldn't have been two and a half hours long. Plus, let's not forget, he does mention when his soul takes over, kicks that other guy's fucking soul out and takes over that guy. He talks about how he cleans up his room and then he tries, he like runs over to Diana's apartment and then also gets into the Smithsonian party, which I'm assuming is invite only, gets into that party by himself. So that whole entire day plus or whatever, he was looking at innovations. You're telling me he never looked at the cars, looked up in the sky, like saw anything different. He was just so solitarily focused on getting to Diana. I mean, she's incredibly attractive. I get it. But still, I would assume at some point you would have been like, wow, look at the cars here. Well, men are the worst, I think, is what we learned from that. Uh, He's got the blinders on where there's a pretty girl somewhere down the road and you know, that's his life's mission. He can't look at, you know, stoplights or modern plumbing or, I don't know, <laughs> polio vaccines. By the way, did your mom love the movie? Because she was like, oh, that's totally how your dad sexually assaulted me. No, it was actually really funny. She was the person who made me count out originally the amount of, like, <laughs> random sexual harassment that comes. Because she was like, uh, uh, yeah, like, that's that's not how people act. And I'm like, okay, that wasn't my place to say that. But I'm glad as someone who lived through that, yeah. that uh, that's your actual lived experience. Yeah, I, I would imagine that your parents and my parents are around the same age. My parents were probably the same somewhere around Diana's age, like low 20s, early teens, when it was 1984 or whatever. And they, like, even they didn't go, oh, yep, that's definitely what the 80s were like. Yep, they definitely captured it. (laughs) I think my mom's, my favorite from my mom was, oh, there's a lot less coke in this movie. That's true. Uh, Yes. (laughs) Even though I almost felt like in that guy's apartment, they should have been able to find a lot of coke. That would have been an easy joke. Like if they just left out like a little mirror on the kitchen table or something. It's yeah. like, wow, this guy like has a lot of sugar in his room. Like that's, <laughs> uh, that's an easy <laughs> underhanded joke that would have been better than the ones they use. Yeah. Instead, he's like, I ate a lot of Pop-Tarts this morning and had like three things of coffee. This place is awesome. That was their joke. There wasn't even anything about any of the major foods in the 1980s. It was Pop-Tarts and coffee. Yep. And I'm pretty sure we have both of those things now. <laughs> so what you're saying is civilization hasn't progressed since 1984. Anytime I go out anywhere with a woman, everyone's catcalling her the entire time in public. Like I have to fend people off. It's crazy. Yeah. And that's, and that's you know, you, you're like 20 feet tall. <laughs> you know, you can't imagine how tough it is for me whenever I bring a girl out and I'm like four of two. <laughs> That's about I right. get catcalled sometimes if I if I don't have stubble. Dude, that's because you are a pretty man. Aw. See? Yeah, that's it. I'm writing that down. Yeah. That's going to be an extra tally on the sheet. <laughs> <laughs> You're lucky this is audio and I can't sexually assault you. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. 
Make me feel pretty again. Oh, uh, I know everyone's got to feel pretty in 2021. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. So yes, they, they make it to the, what is that? The air and space museum. Uh, I'm assuming, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. So they go there and obviously he's like super impressed and blah, blah, blah. And then they realize, you know, Hey, there's gotta be something going on. You know, where's, where's that penis stone? So, they go to look for it, and that's where they confront Barbara. She's like, oh, yeah, I just I gave it to Max Lord, because why wouldn't I? And Diana's like, you're a dumb, stupid idiot, but still stay here and work, and we'll fill you in on when we find it. And <laughs> it's like, all right. So at this time as well, that's when Barbara starts to realize that Diana has powers because she wakes up and she rips the door off of her refrigerator, and then she goes to the gym, which I mean, I know there were gyms in the 80s, but it seemed very forced the way that they were doing this. They were just showing her like, oh, wow, I can really lift this one. Oh, I can lift this. And then the huge amount of barbells on it. And I was like, haven't we seen this in so many superhero movies already? Like, why are we going through this again? Yeah, it's like baby's first superhero movie. But we already had those. If you those. didn't already <laughs> fall in love with the Spider-Man one. Toby Maguire masterpiece oh, of how to introduce somebody learning their powers. I knew that was going to come up. you have to condense up. it into two minutes. <laughs> yeah, I guess you could just show somebody like deadlift 800 pounds and all the boys are, have their jaws dropping to the floor because, you know, it's attractive Kristen Wiig. And- yeah. And I guess, by the way, that's the one time that they don't hit on her because I guess they're afraid that she's going to beat them or something. Yeah, yeah. But you would think that those like muscly whatever guys would be super impressed and be like, hey, can I like that would be a time to be like, hey, can I take you out? Yeah, exactly. You showed a common interest, not just you showed up to a party and you looked pretty. Right. Let me say in detail the things I would do to you. But men equal bad. Men equal bad. So that's why that doesn't happen. So then they end up sneaking in. So at this time, oh, we haven't even done this part yet. So fucking shit. So Max Lord, whose business is failing, so everything he's been doing has been a fraud. He has a son. He wants to impress his son. Now, the son is probably the worst actor I've ever seen. I'm just going to put that out there. I don't know who it is, but that kid is cardboard. And it might that might have been the best CGI that DC has ever had to make that cardboard (laughs) move around. Yeah. (laughs) That's what I'm assuming. I hope... That yes, kid does not continue. Is, <laughs> this is one of those movies where the cast and crew's kids probably made a killing. Yes, I can like, definitely there's just see random that. child actors doing random shit. And like, yeah, there is your college fund, Jimmy. Like yep. you acted in Wonder Woman with your pop. And I was extremely surprised. I almost guarantee you that Patty Jenkins had a talk with the writers at one point, And they were like, oh, wow, we're using like tons and tons of women. And I know this is supposed to be a movie about women. But should we have it be a son for the for the protagonist or should it be a daughter? And I guarantee you they had that they had that argument and they were like, wait a second, to make it seem a little fair, we should make that a son. Yeah. And they were like, OK, well, we'll give them this one. We'll give them this one. Well, also, because if it was a daughter, they didn't want to have that awkward sexual harassment thing as well. You know, that's just too much. Yeah. All the men would have been sexually assaulting her the whole entire time. And that would have been no, 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 no. The plot would never progress. Yeah. I think it would be like Caligula and we would not want to <laughs> go there. 
they were steps away from it, but we didn't want to go that far. Not, not <laughs> that far. right on the edge. Yeah. So, so Max Lord's business is, is going terribly. Obviously it was a Ponzi scheme. They never had the oil, you know, uh, that they needed for the, for the company and whatnot. So what he does is once he gets the penis stone, so that's what he wishes to be is the penis. But not only that, it's so ham fistedly written. Yes. It's like the writer was, you know, somebody's college intern. And he literally says in like the weirdest candor ever, I wish to be you, the dream stone itself. <laughs> like with the worst delivery, I can't even imitate it. It's just you did pretty well. Hear. You did pretty well. And it's just, oh, it, it was just awful writing. And it's such a way to wish yourself to be an object. Yeah. And we've all, and by the way, in a normal monkey paw situation, if you wish for that, the trick would have been then. It would have made you yeah. into the crystal, you know, whatever it would have been. You know what I mean? Like it wouldn't have evaporated in a second and gone inside of you. And then now you are the genie. That's not how those things work. And we know how this works because it's so it's so well-trodden, this entire storyline. Everyone knows what a monkey paw is. Everyone knows what the Wishmaster is. Every, I mean, I just watched Creepshow that did the monkey paw better than this movie did. Every, like, even Wishmaster, the first movie, does better with it because everyone knows that when you wish for something, it comes back at you it's never just a clear wish if it's a horror movie if it's an action movie whatever the your wishes never come true the way that you want them to because they always have some negative reaction or something gets taken from you and used against you everyone knows that so why in 2020 are we using this as the basis of a fucking movie well because your antagonist has plot armor so nothing bad can happen to them until the hero prevails and learns an important lesson about herself. That golden, golden plot armor that they show. Oh, we'll for, get to that. Oh, no, we definitely will. <laughs> so Max Lord is now the Wishmaster. And he goes through making everyone do wishes that he wants, basically. So he turns everything around. He makes it that he has all the oil and he goes over to Egypt and he makes the the leader of oil, I guess. I, I don't even know. He makes him wish that his and by the way, Nick, if anyone came up to you who was a stranger and said, hey, what's your deepest, darkest wish? How would your wish not be? I want you to drop dead. You know what I mean? Like, how how yeah. is your wish not get the fuck away from me? Why would you all of a sudden just tell your deep? Like, he has no power over making people tell him things. So why would this guy in Egypt tell him such a huge personal secret? I think the other thing there is that the wish stone, in order to work, you have to touch it, which is something they really emphasize in the they movie. Do. He always so, like, takes people's hands. Yeah, so, like, you've got this really sweaty man you've never <laughs> met before, like, doing, like, the old Italian great-grandfather, like, I know your father, like, the double-handed handshake. Yes, yes. And just sweating into you. And you're like, oh, yeah, dude, like, I wish that all my enemies were dead. I want a trillion dollars. 
No one in this entire movie has any creativity. No. Nor does anyone give a sarcastic wish. Which yes, just right. immediately throws everything out the window. I want a huge dick. No one does. <laughs> yeah, like, not every man in the world is walking around with, like, a 12-foot-long penis that's just wildly impractical. Right. Wouldn't you think, especially with the way men are in this movie, that a man would just be like, yeah, I want every woman to love me. Or I want every woman to have yeah. sex with me. You know, like something ridiculous like that. Yeah, like with the amount of sexual harassment. Yeah. <laughs> so the guy from Egypt ends up wanting his ancestral ground, so most of Cairo, I guess, to be his again. And then a huge wall goes up and it creates this like huge international issue and blah, blah, blah. And then they end up having our first, I guess our, well, our second action scene, I guess where he's on a convoy with a bunch of, I don't know, Egyptian National Guards or whatever, or, or I, I don't know what the fuck to call him. He, he, and he's traveling away from Egypt for some reason. So instead of being wished back to the United States to make it easy, he for some reason wants to travel through Egypt. And I still don't understand why. And during this time... <laughs> Wonder Woman and Steve have decided to steal a fighter jet from the from the Smithsonian to be able to go and intercept and find him so they can find the penis stone. And this had to have been one of the dumbest scenes in movie history I can possibly think of. Because we made the joke earlier that like, oh, if only they had planned out the entire, you know, 10 year saga of all these DC movies, this would have been better. It would have been more congruent. But literally in this action sequence, they didn't even plan out what they were going to do. Like they get into the plane and they're like, well, okay, uh, well, we got to figure something out. Well, they just they assume because Steve and I believe that's his name. (laughs) Just call him Chris Pine. but. I believe that since Steve was a pilot in World War I, he somehow assumes that he can fly any fucking plane that's ever fucking existed. Yeah, jet plane. A modern aircraft jet plane, yeah. So that's what he does because Diana doesn't know about this stuff either. So he just somehow, and it's not with a wish or anything, he just somehow knows how to fly this plane because he was supposed to be a pilot and all pilots know how to fly all planes. So he gets yeah. in there, and not only that, probably the only time I giggled, maybe, or gave it like a ch- like a chuckle kind of thing, is when he's still under the assumption that planes don't work off a of radar, that he can just maneuver and stick to the clouds and stuff, and no one will know where he is. So as he's doing that, Diana's like, oh, shit, I forgot to tell you about radar so they can see you anytime and he's like are they going to shoot at us and she says yeah and he's like well shit diane and that was the only time that i gave like a little bit of a ha because they actually injected a little bit of reality in their stupid movie yeah so they take off there's no crashing there's no nothing and not only that and i didn't know i had no idea that wonder woman had every fucking power ever so apparently she can make things invisible now, we know from, you know, classic Wonder Woman stuff, she has an invisible jet, but I did not know that she's able to make things invisible. Did you know that? Uh, I was not aware of that until uh, the little uh, plot device came. 
So yes, that's that's what ends up happening is she makes the plane invisible. And then they fly through the fucking fireworks and blah, blah, blah. And then she's in awe of Steve because he can fly and his love of flying and whatever. And during that moment, because this will come in later, he tells her how he's able to fly, which is basically just being able to tell where the wind is and using the wind or some shit. <laughs> Which works when you're flying a biplane where the effective wing is, you know, 20 feet long. There's four of them. <laughs> but, you know, once you're once you're traveling at quite a speed, you know, it's, eh. yeah, there's there are more principles that go into this than anything else. But who cares? Because it gets you to the next scene, which is when they finally somehow, of course, because a normal movie would probably have Wonder Woman going around trying to find out where he is. But they just happen to pass him on the road, you know, because that just happens. So then you have the action scene that we mentioned. And during this time, and they had, they had alluded to it once before, but it looks like Diana's powers are waning a little bit. So she gets back into the Wonder Woman outfit. She's going through this convoy, making sure not to kill anybody because that's her thing. So, you know, she's trying to stop the bullets with the lasso and blah, 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 blah. And at any moment at this time, I would think that Max Lord could get the guy who's right behind him or near him to wish death upon her to do something like, hey, I wish this woman wasn't around me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like at any point, someone could make the wish so that she would not be, you know, stopping this convoy of of men. So because the plot demands it, her powers waver at different points in this battle. So the whole time, by the way, Steve is just fucking baggage. He doesn't do shit. He's just along for the ride. So they're doing this whole thing. And then they see that the kids are playing in the road because of course they are. So she has to speed up. She grabs the kids. She's going to lasso them away. But somehow she slips off the lasso. And damn, did those childlike dummies, did they really hit that ground? <laughs> 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 once again the cgi was so incredibly terrible for when she hit the ground with the kids and then steve comes by and saves the day everyone disappears and she's like keep this under your hats kids like don't tell anyone about this because that's how children work right is they definitely would not yeah. tell the story the interesting thing there, there there's two things i think steve isn't entirely useless because he shoots an rpg Without ever, you know, encountering modern rocketry. True. Um, true. At, just in the air, knowing that she's going to alley-oop <laughs> it with her lasso. I don't want to do the math out, but, you know, whatever. This tiny rocket is propelling fast enough that she can just latch onto it without dragging it down and swing and save these children. Yep. And it's just, you're just looking at it and you're, and you're thinking of all the plot armor in all of the world. <laughs> They really, they came up with that in a writer's room versus like you're saying, like, why doesn't he just have a bunch of crazy wishes? Yeah. I think that would just be like a great thing. Like she has to work around like, oh, he wished that there was a wall on the way or like some, like a whale drops out of the sky. Yeah. Something. There's so many opportunities for creativity in that scene. Yeah. Like at one point, at any point, he could have looked at the guy and been like, hey, don't you wish that our entire convoy was back in the United States right now? And then you go, yes, I wish that. And you go, wish granted. And they would just disappear. She'd be like, oh, shit. Because at that point, he does tell her that he is now the stone. 
So he is the penis stone. So now they have to find out where the stone came from. Can they stop it? Blah, blah, blah. And they go back and forth. And it turns out that the penis stone was in every single civilization that is now gone because everyone knows that you can't grant wishes of people because that's cheating. And <laughs> it's just so fucking stupid. Yeah. It's, it's oh. so fucking stupid. I'm trying to and think it's, so. It's great. They're just, you know, they go to the random guy's place because, yes. you know, Barbara found out about it. And that's uh, that's an important scene to mention because in the sequence of her doing her own research of where the stone came from so they could find the guy to talk to about it and find out all of the, you know, backstory and information that the movie needs to progress. That we already know. Yeah. Yeah. Is that like Barbara can read it like a billion you know, slides a minute because they have yes. like the old school slide projectors. Yep. And this guy in the Smithsonian archives is like, oh, this is going to take you years. You're just a silly woman and I'm going <laughs> to flirt with you. That brings our tally up one or two uh, as he sexually harasses her. Yes. And then um, and then she's like, oh, no, I figured everything out because I'm a woman and I'm powerful. And she decides to run home at night. I yes. mean, whatever. Yeah. But like she has super speed now and she runs by <laughs> four different people sexually harassing her yep so in the in the span that she has had you know whatever diana powers every <laughs> single minute she is in the movie she is getting sexually harassed from that point on right yeah and that's then where she beats up because she sees the exact because this happens also the guy who was pushed 20 feet he he's back again he's back at it yeah because his ribs wouldn't be he broken. He got over that quick. Yeah, he got he got over <laughs> yeah. that real quick. So he's back, and now she's like, well, I ain't taking this shit anymore, and just starts kicking him basically to death almost. Like, he travels 15 feet every time she kicks him. He would be dead. She He would have put, yeah. sorry, she would have put her foot through his body cavity at any point with the kicks that she was doing. But here's the other thing, too. So obviously you realize that the wish on the penis stone for, for Diana makes her lose her powers to have Steve there. And then for Barbara, you realize that she's losing like her humanity or kindness or whatever the fuck you want to say to be more like Diana. But when you make a wish to be more like Diana, Diana is supposed to be a super kind individual. So why would the power be the only thing that they get with that wish you see what you see what i'm saying yeah no that's really funny especially with the first scene like the first scene's all about like you have to you can't just have power you have to have integrity to win yeah and like that just completely throws that out the window if all you get is the power yes exactly so (laughs) as you're watching this movie you just realize how dumb it really is (laughs) it's just incredibly dumb after dumb after dumb And so now we've got this. So now Barbara understands what's going on as well, because she's there when everything's explained to her. So she's like, well, now I'm not going to stop Max Lord because I want to continue to be what I am. So Max at this time, though, is granting all these wishes and it's like ruining his health and he's not paying attention to his son. But he realizes that since he can grant a wish and take whatever he wants from that person that he can just start wishing for good health. And that way he'll be able to, which is, 
Uh, it's so dumb because tell me what the penis stone gets. It's just from the penis stone <laughs> being inside of him, from him being the penis stone. Yeah. It's taking life force away from him, I guess. But yep. if he dies, does the penis stone just become the crystal again? Like what, what happens? Why would that occur? I think, I mean, obviously we're thinking into this more than the writers were. I think he just turns into a stone, honestly. I, I don't know if there's, that's just my interpretation. I think they just needed the wishes and all like the cataclysm that happens to yep. just, it just needed to occur so okay. that you could establish he was a bad guy and not just someone who was trying to be rich. Yeah. And we'll, we'll get to that too. So I won't, I won't ruin that now. So as, as he realizes that he just needs more and more power because he has everything else. He starts saying, okay, well, I need to go talk to the president. Obviously everyone's wishes are starting to run a little rampant and crazy. And they have this guy who said he wished he had a farm. And for some reason, the cows and everything are outside on the main street and like little park. It's just very, very lazy. All of this is extremely lazy, but it's a show that everyone's going crazy when you make wishes. This is how the downfall of societies happen. All that kind of bullshit. So correct me if I'm wrong here, Nick, but I think the next stop is the White House, right? Yep. The next stop is the White House. The White House. Oh, yeah. He he wishes to get there quickly, too. So yes. that was, yes, that was a does. good move on his part. And for us. <laughs> yeah that probably that probably cut it down from a three hour long movie to a two and a half that's yeah that was pretty exciting he's like oh i wish there was a subway around here so i could stop and get some food <laughs> it just goes, it's like every single stop yeah <laughs> <laughs> i wish i wish tsa doesn't molest me oh wait this was the 80s so that didn't happen so we get to the white house and he talks to the president and the president for some reason tells him that he wants tons and tons of nuclear warheads <laughs> because that's what you do to a random person, right? You just tell them that. So he gets it granted. And basically what he takes from the president is the power to be a sovereign nation, right? Yeah. It's not really explained. He's just like, I want to be respected. I want to be powerful and you guys can't stop me. He wants to be sovereign nation. Like, I don't know how that plays out or what the interpretation of that is, but I mean, you know. What ends up happening is everyone just follows his direction, like even the president. The president is now like his bitch, but I don't know any sovereign nations that can just tell presidents what to do. It's very strange. So now we have another battle where Diana shows up and Steve shows up and you see that Diana, and once again, Diana does that whole thing where you're not allowed to kill anybody because they're not under their own power and blah, blah, blah. So she's still super powerful. She's just not as powerful as a fucking god right now. Yeah. So she's still doing all of her shit and blah, blah, blah. And then here comes Cheetah. Well, I'm just going to call her Cheetah now, even though she's still in human form. It's Kristen Wake. She shows up because now she has to protect max lord so she goes and faces diana one-on-one -on -one, and still they're almost evenly matched but by the end of it you know cheetah has a little bit of a of a um what do you call it like a heads up on her a little bit a little bit leveled up on that one so max realizes that now this is basically his personal bodyguard because she wants him to live because she doesn't want her wish to go away 
one of the things I'm sorry. Can you explain the pictures that were in the office of the president that he finds oh, out? Can you please tell God. that story? <laughs> so mad about that part. <clears throat> of course, thankfully, um, in the pre- in the Oval Office, there's just random posters of secret technology. Yeah. Because that's how briefings go down. For sure. And they're like, oh, Max Lord's like, oh, Mr. President, what's this stuff that I could now control because I'm, you know, all powerful? <laughs> He's like, oh, that's our global broadcast system. We can, you know, transmit whatever we want to every single electronic device in the world. And he's like, oh, it's a it's a particle beam something or other. <laughs> but they have the important phrase that Max Lord needs because he needs as the wishing stone. He needs to touch everything. Yep. Uh, the president uses the phrase. It touches all technology. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I kind of roll my eyes so far into the back of my head. Yep. Because there's a particle beam that thanks to satellites <laughs> uh, is spread all over the world. And that's not how televisions work. But nope. we're, we're, we're here. Yep. And I'm not going to stop watching the movie, so we kept watching the movie. Ooh, that was that was your mistake. That was certainly your mistake. Because, <laughs> yes, because now Steve is realizing, Steve has finally put it together, that Diana is losing her powers because he's alive. At some point, too, they realize, I think it might have been back when they when they find the ancestor of a Mayan, whenever that whole thing happens, that... I think he mentions that you can renounce your wish and you don't have to do anything special. You can just say. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to touch the stone. Oh, just just yeah. say it out loud. That's it. Because obviously, you know, the powers that be will hear you and they will renounce your wish. So that's all you have to do. So Max and, and Cheetah go, they fly to where that secret area is that has the ability to particle beam his whole entire because what he's going to do is he's just going to have all these people wish at the same time and this is going to make him the most powerful thing and somehow that's going to help his son and he's going to be able to wish like take people's health so that he can still keep surviving though technically i think if he would stop taking the wishes he would probably be okay health wise but anyways so he goes off with cheetah to do that and she's like I want to be an apex predator. And so he gives other people's like fury and dumb shit to her. And she's like, that's great. And while this is happening, Steve and Diana are walking through the city of DC and they just see all the chaos, all the terrible things that have come from these wishes. And they show a bunch of people like around. Uh, it's just, it's stupid stuff. It's really, really dumb. And this is where they're fighting back and forth because Steve, the guy, knows that he should not exist. He knows that this is taking, not only is he taking over this other guy's life, but then also he is, the reason why, the point of him being there is to zap Diana of her powers. So, but she doesn't want, she doesn't want to see that. She's willing to sacrifice everything to keep him around. Now, does that seem right to you, Nick? No, I think uh, it goes against all of the character building they've tried to do about Wonder Woman being like, yeah, I'll give up my own life and do all this stuff so that I can protect the world. Yeah, it seems very, very selfish. And it seems like, at least to me, it makes me not like the character the way that I was supposed to. Now, I completely get that she has been relatively self selfless 
I guess, technically, and that, but she could have, and I think even Steve says it in a in a different way, obviously, but she could go out and find a guy to fuck. Like, Steve is not <laughs> the greatest guy of all time. Like, she can go out and find another love. That's what people have to do. Yeah. That's what happens. You break up with people, you try and find someone else, blah, 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 blah. It's basic shit. And you've been around this world longer than almost anybody, I would assume. So how have you not understood that yet? So for her to be that selfish, go ahead, go ahead. uh, It's just frustrating. Like you're saying, I feel like they could have done a better job of being like, well, Diana's like underground and she can't be in the public eye. So she's had to like, you know, like Steve is like the last person she had any contact with. And like, they could have made that an interesting point about like, her, you know, her whole sacrifice as a hero is that, you know, she can't have the normal social life and she can't love and she can't do all these things that normal people can do. Yeah. And like, that's her view of her power. It's not that that's, you know, something she has to do, but that could have been an interesting thing to be like, she just has this one thing. She just wants Steve because that's all she has. Yeah. But no, it's just like, oh, she just needs to kill her boyfriend because she had fun for long enough. (laughs) He served his purpose in the story. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, and take it this way, too. She's rich. She has a really good job. She's in very good shape. She's still beautiful. All of these things she has going for her, the one thing that she can't or won't go out and find is love because she loves Steve. But once again, you can go out and find somebody new. There are plenty of loves that you can find. So she's she's just being ignorant. Like, I mean, that's what, what she is. But here's the other thing, too, is they could have gone farther in this movie. Instead of making her weakened, why not make her more of a human like Barbara? Why not basically take away all of her powers and show her what it's like to be a woman in the 80s? Exactly. That would have been so good. Yeah, there could have been so much depth in that story, but instead they're just like Max Lord's making wishes. He's making wishes and grand wishes. So we got to keep on going with the story. But if they would have had 30 minutes of the story where she was just like, well, you know what? I choose love over having these powers. Hey, the world's just got to deal with it because this is what I want in life. Like, yeah, do something like that. Look, now I know it's already been done, but all of this movie has been done a million times. Like, just just look at Buffy. Look at a very strong female character from fucking 25, 30 years ago. Like, look at this character who had to sacrifice the entire time because she couldn't be with the love of her life. Spider-Man 2. Spider-Man as well, yeah. I mean, this this has been done a million fucking times. But at least if you're going to do it, do it right. Do it better than the other people then. Because I'm not saying that every idea has to be original, but you have to be able to pull it off correctly. And they certainly aren't. Because that whole scene is just her whining that she doesn't want to give him up and him telling her, you got to give me up. This isn't right. I'll love you forever. It doesn't matter where I am, blah, blah, blah. And she walks away from him. She's like, I renounce my wish. And then all of a sudden, all of her powers are back. Yeah. And she just runs to the new location. Well, Sorry, she doesn't run to the new location. Uh, you're forgetting something. <laughs> Nick, I want I want you to tell this part because this is amazing. Oh my god. 
So, yeah, she's just, you know, running. She's running faster and faster. They have that scene in the trailer where she's just, you know, running down the DC streets. She does her jump thing. And uh, she can fly now, apparently. Uh, thinking back to uh, Steve's words about how she he just rides the air when he's flying his plane. A man she's like, taught oh, her to fly. Now th- yeah. Uh, now that now that I can jump, like, why don't I just, like, ride the air and just fly places? So she flies to her apartment. And then, like, and, uh, <laughs> at her... <laughs> I believe, like Metallica said, she rode the lightning. <laughs> yeah, eventually. But uh, before she can ride the lightning, she has to get the greatest set of plot armor in the world. Oh, Which my is God. a large golden armor set with the wings that, like, all the promotional material has. Yes. Because they needed something flashy. And we learned in mythology that it was, what was it, Arthemis? Our, our team, oh, oh, they're fucking, the names of these people suck. It's like Art, Artemis or, oh, Asteria, right? Yeah. The Amazon Asteria use this armor to stop, like, the entire army of men or something so the Amazons could escape. And when they show the cutback scene, you do see it's like hundreds of guys just trying to pierce the armor with spears. And she's just like solidarily like holding them all off and shit so anyway sorry go ahead yeah so she gets the plot armor (laughs) and then uh with both her winged armor and uh the magical ability to fly she uh flies (laughs) to the secret location and like lassoes (laughs) onto lightning when she gets close and it's just it just hurts after a certain amount of time it is it's so bad i mean how long does that lasso extend (laughs) lightning is not physical (laughs) There's nothing to catch on to. <laughs> oh, but fuck. They, they needed the shot of her with the fancy armor and all the fancy reflections and her, you know, jumping from lightning bolt to lightning bolt, yep. which their CGI did not agree with. No, the, Those poor no. interns had to do like 10 bars and just, you know, lines and lines of coke. While they're being whipped. Yeah, there's just the amount of sleep suppressants and cocaine those poor kids had in their system to make those lightning bolts. Literally, I think that's why there was no coke in the movie. <laughs> the <interns. laughs> they all did it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so they get to the secret layer of the United States or whatever, and they get there. And Max Lord gets on the particle beam TV, whatever the fuck, and addresses the entire world and says, make these wishes because I can grant them for you. So everyone makes these crazy wishes and they make a lot of racial stereotypes. Yeah. Which was very strange to me. I I, I mean, I know that Gal Gadot hates, what, what, who's she hates? She hates Palestinians, right? I think so. I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, been a while. She, I believe, <laughs> I believe she hates Palestinians in real life. So, uh, you know, don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure it's something like that. So I think they make some reference to that too. <laughs> it's very strange, but they, they make people of ethnic background look really, really bad during this whole, and I, I don't know if people are talking about that, but go back and listen to the ones of what they're wishing for. Yeah. It's, it, it makes them look very poor. So that's every very single person of color in the movie is wishing for like nuclear weapons, nuclear or weapons like to or someone their to, neighbor. Yeah. Or someone to die because of some reason, like they were pretty harsh on the Irish. That was very strange. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know what they're doing. 
I honestly didn't think they were allowed to even do this in movies. This is supposed to be a woke movie. So it's very, very strange. Although these wishes are all made by men. So, oh, yeah. They never showed any woman making a bad wish. That is very true. And not, you know, they're not all just wishing for 15 inch penises. Yeah, right. Which, you know, they were. They definitely. And he's like, granted, granted. <laughs> and that's, by the way, that's the other thing, too. I don't think the penis stone has the ability to not grant a wish, right? Uh, unclear. Because that was never that's, explained. That certainly seems like it. Yeah. No, it wasn't explained at all. But that's the other thing, too, is you would think there would be people people out there that already don't like the guy. And they would be like, why wouldn't they at some point just be like, why isn't this guy, I wish he drops dead? Yeah. Why wouldn't that be something? Why wouldn't anyone think to do that? I, <laughs> I don't know. It's just... The writers didn't think of that either. So it's the gotta... fucking monkey paw, man. It's so it's so fucking stupid. So then finally Diana shows up and now Kristen Wig is full-fledged cats movie creature. <laughs> yeah, which surprisingly the CGI in like the Taylor Swift cats is on par with the Wonder Woman cats. So Yeah. They they need to get their intern some more coke is what I'm learning. I think so because that it looked really really bad. And then she showed up with the armor like you mentioned the plot armor, but it didn't take her that long to get through that plot armor. <laughs> no. It was like an instantaneous plot armor, yeah. Water soluble. Water soluble, yes. And then so they fight and have one of the probably worst fighting scenes I've seen. In a, in a superhero movie. It's just bad. And then Diana keeps on telling her to revoke her wish. And she's like, no, I won't. And then she electrocutes her. So in, yeah, in a body of water that they're both in. And one of them is wearing a large metal suit. But I forgot, or I think we mentioned multiple times, but maybe the writers forgot. Or I don't know, maybe they just knew it anyways. Apparently, Wonder Woman has every power possible. Yeah. It makes sense that she would be impervious to electricity as well. Well, well, here's the challenge. When it's a female protagonist and a female antagonist and women can do anything. Oh, good point. You know, how do you decide who wins that battle? That's tough. And and technically it was because they did not have Kristen Wiig die. <laughs> she did not. She's <laughs> yeah. just like there. And yeah, well, we'll, we'll get to it. So she, she leaves uh, Cheetah over there. And she goes in and correct me if I'm so she she's like, you got to stop. You got to revoke your wish. You got to stop this. This is tearing the world apart. Why would you want to do this? Blah, blah, blah. She, you know, breaks the camera and then he moves into a different room. And then how does he keep her away from him? Uh, this is invisible plot armor. Uh, it's called the wind. The wind. No, It's yeah. just for some odd reason. It's really windy. Like yeah. there's no explanation. It's just. There's a lot of wishes being made, so yep. there's a lot of wind. <laughs> so she can't get through the wind to go fight the guy that like doesn't have superpowers. So she learns to fly. She learns to turn things invisible. She is impervious to electricity. She can do all of these things, but for some reason she can't get through the wind. So, wow. I guess, hey, maybe that's every woman's weakness is wind. <laughs> <laughs> So he's going on his rant, like, why would I ever want to stop and blah, blah, blah. And she starts talking what you think is directed to him, saying all these really like, hey, 
you know, this is tearing the world apart. You got to be better. There's no cheating in life. And that's where they bring up the thing from the beginning of the movie, even though very thinly masked, like it, it shouldn't have been in the movie. But she starts talking about, you know, letting Steve go and all this shit. And he's like, well, why the fuck are you telling me? And he looks down and she's got the lasso of truth on him, which means her speaking has been going through his body as a microphone to all the people that are out there wishing. So then everyone starts to renounce their wishes. And as they're doing this, she points out to him that he's an awful father by showing the audience that he was a poor person who worked his way up to start this black gold business and really worked hard to get to where he was, but he was cheating by using the penis stone. So he's not really a bad guy because he wanted to provide for his family. So I I just, I don't get the point of any of this. So then people start renouncing their wishes. And then because he sees his son being a terrible actor, he's like, damn it. I really need to teach my son how to be a good actor. So he renounces his wish as well. Now I would think that that would create the penis stone somewhere else. Yeah. But apparently that just stops the penis stone and we have defeated it. Yep. Yay for everybody. Now, no one, now not everyone, by the way, had to renounce their wishes either. There were just some main people that they showed renouncing things kind of went back to normal. But this whole event happened. No one forgot that this happened. No one forgot that they were able to make wishes and that the world went crazy. No one forgot. Oh, and by the way, during all this time, nuclear weapons are launching from Russia and the States and everywhere else. So everyone's going to die if they don't renounce certain wishes, right? Yeah, it's going to be nuclear holocaust. But he doesn't care for some reason, which still doesn't make any sense until he sees his son. So then he wishes himself to be near the son and then renounces his wish. And then they have a heartfelt moment where he's like, you never have to wish for my love. Or some stupid bullshit. By the way, he never gets arrested from what we know. He never has to serve any time. He just steps away from his business, I guess. That's not even explained either. It's just, you know, he hugs his son and everything's fine. Yeah, and talks about how he's going to be a better father and all that stupid bullshit. Then you have Diana, who has her powers. You go back to Cheetah, who now does not look like a cat from the movie Cats anymore. But... Still is evil, I guess, because maybe she didn't renounce her original wish. So I'm still not exactly sure how any of this plays out. Yeah. But I guess, I guess now that is right. I, that is the end of the movie, isn't it? Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. You're forgetting what am the I other important tie up, which is I'm pretty sure that, okay, so Diane's walking around like a snowy village. You know, she's not Wonder Woman. She's just, you know, looking at some Christmas shit. Yeah. And I think the guy she oh, bumps into that's right. is the guy Chris Pratt, like he Chris stole Pine. the body of. <laughs> Chris Pine. <laughs> Chris, yeah, Chris. There's too many Chris's. So many All Chris's. men are the same. That's true. <laughs> but yeah, she like bumps into Chris Pine. The the guy her boyfriend used to, I don't know, steal the body of. That's yeah. never explained. Yep. And the guy's like, oh, yeah, life is normal. I'm looking at snow. And she's like, oh, you're kind of pretty. Like, we're probably going to flirt at some point. And then he's like, yep, you're pretty. Yeah, and then walks away. So I guess he's a good guy. 
Like, <laughs> is that how yeah, it works? I think it's the only random male character in the movie who doesn't sexually harass her. So that's pretty, you know, good for him. Yeah, in the back of his mind, maybe he knows he was already raped by her. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She's it's his abuser, so yeah. he doesn't want to say anything because he's scared, <laughs> and he's seen her throw people thirty feet into the air. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I shouldn't laugh at victims. My bad. So <laughs> this guy is certainly a victim, and he's dressed as a douche, and she likes that he's dressed as a douche, and then he walks away, and I guess she realizes that humanity's going to be okay because <laughs> she saw one pretty boy. And some kids having a snowball fight. She's like, man, this place is tight. Didn't you like that he was an engineer, though? <laughs> yeah. I think that totally solves all the physics problems they uh, <laughs> created for our world. Exactly. And then the final credit scene, which isn't even at the end of the credits. They just go away and then they come back. Is Asteria is back. And I think that was the woman who used to play Wonder Woman in the TV series. Am I right on that? Yep. Which meant nothing. Like, I, that doesn't set anything up. There is no reason for that to be there except to show that, once again, women were able to beat the odds. So that whole entire army that should have been able to kill her, I guess she killed all of them at some point. And then now she's yeah. just living a regular life in real life. You know, not in Amazonia or whatever the fuck. Well, yeah, I think they already announced that there's going to be a third one. So I imagine that's, uh, that's the tie-in there. They're like, oh, she's got to go find the person. I, dude, I can't even. I, when I saw they announced the third one, I can't. I have not talked to a single person who has said, and by the way, that's the end of the movie. But I have not talked to a single person who has liked this movie. And normally there are people that just like random shit. You know what I mean? I'm sure you have some movies you like that I don't like. I have movies that I like that you don't like. Like, that definitely happens. But yeah, this movie is universally hated, except for some of those critics that you can tell were definitely paid off. If you look at the Rotten Tomatoes rating for the, the tomato rating, not the splat, you can tell that they're getting paid off. Or they're saying good things because they know... They'll be taken care of later. There can't possibly be anyone who's seen this movie who sees any merit in it whatsoever. It's hilarious. As I look at the Rotten Tomatoes page now for the tomato side. Oh, what, what do you it's got? It's like the slate, like the Atlantic. You know, people who uh, have, a, have a certain view on these things in general. <laughs> and uh, it, it's certainly like, oh... They've done it. Gal Gadot has done it. They, they've got to be invested in the emotional well-being of a franchise superhero. What? Like, what about her emotional well-being was even <laughs> part of that movie? She killed her boyfriend. She raped somebody. Like, exactly. she beat the shit out of a co-worker. Yep. She electrocuted her co-worker. Like, I, I just can't. That kind of statement, knowing the Marvel movies that exist, how can you possibly say that you weren't emotionally invested in what happened in those marvel movies yeah haven't they seen toby mcguire spider-man 2 <laughs> the greatest superhero movie of all time shut your mouth shut ian your and i mouth. argue about this all the time we're not doing this here no not in front of the kids but i would but i would like to mention because we'll have that we'll have that conversation on here sometime but i think one of the by the way before we move on what is the current rotten tomato rating you're gonna vomit are you ready it's got to be below 70, right? 
Okay. Um. All right, I'm gonna say 65. Really close, 61. Oh shit! A man of the people. That's funny. I have that number tattooed on me. That's really funny. Because <laughs> <laughs> you loved Wonder Woman that much. I loved it so much. That. I was like, I'm gonna guess what the Rotten Tomato score is. But by the way, that is excellent because. After all of the quote-unquote sneak previews that they give all the people they know will say good things about them, the Rotten Tomatoes rating was like 100% or whatever. And then now, though, we are a week, almost a week from exactly from when the movie came out. And to have it down to 61% is actually awesome because that's now showing people. Because what superhero movie normally, especially a DC or a Marvel movie, is below 85% now. You know what I mean? Like now people, that's actually a huge, huge letdown to see that score for people because you don't normally see anything below, like I said, an 85 or so. Nick, can you hear me? There we go. Hey, that was weird. (laughs) People are going to want us going after David Sims of The Atlantic for calling it a refreshingly silly and airy adventure Focused on the emotions of one character, Wonder Woman. Wow. <laughs> oh my god, dude. All right. Well, look, before so let's let's do this though. Is there any superhero movie in whatever, let's let's say, you know, like early 90s on? Is there any superhero movie that you wouldn't watch? If I said, hey, Nick, you gotta watch Wonder Woman 84 or Fill in the blank. Is there any superhero movie you could think that you would rather not watch over Wonder Woman 84? What about that straight-to-TV Captain America? Is that in that time frame? That's like 92? Wow, that's going far. I mean, look, I'll give it to you, but <laughs> just you had to really reach out your ass for that one. Oh, yeah. No, like at least... Most of them are competent movies. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not a big fan of the new... Marvel ones, but well, or they're funny. Though. They're at least entertaining. Well, that's like a, that's they're thing. Yeah. they're well structured. They're entertaining, yeah. and I have my minor gripes, but like yeah. Yeah. I can rewatch them. I own a couple of them. Right. Here's the deal. This is the way I look at a movie most of the time. It's yes, you can have plenty of good movies, but if there's a so bad, it's good movie. I am okay with that as well. But this movie is just so bad. It's humiliating. It's embarrassing. That's that's the issue. Like we were laughing because we're talking about the insanity of this movie and we're laughing about it. But neither of us were laughing while we were watching the movie itself. No. This isn't something where you would watch the movie to make fun of it. It's talking between friends about this movie, which is bringing on the humor. But other than that, there is nothing funny about this movie. So if you ask me that same question, look, I'd I'd still rather watch I'd rather watch Daredevil. I'd rather watch Electra. I would rather oh, yeah, watch Electra. Yeah, I would rather watch all of the um Fantastic Four movies. The two ones with Jessica Alba and the crazy bad one that was super dark and and shit, the one that has like probably like a 5% on Rotten Tomatoes. Like <laughs> yeah. I would rather watch that. I'm going to tell you this and I know people are going to go crazy because they don't understand the new mutants, which has probably a 15% on Rotten Tomatoes right now. Every aspect of that movie is better 
than Wonder Woman 84. The CGI, the story, the acting, all the things that had issues, uh, definitely issues. Like, I do not like that movie. There's maybe like a couple parts of it that are okay. I don't think that movie is a good movie, but I would watch that movie over Wonder Woman 84 any fucking day. Yeah. And that movie follows lots of female characters. There are more female characters in that movie, strong female characters, by the way, in that movie than there are in Wonder Woman. And that movie got panned. But that movie is a mil like I don't want to just say a million times better because that's boring. It is infinitely better in every aspect than Wonder Woman 84. Kind of on that topic, too, you, you, they're definitely playing for like the, the empowerment role, the, the strong female character who can do no wrong. Sure. But what it really comes off as, I don't know if it's just Gal Gadot, it's a super patronizing tone the entire time. Like, yes. She's just grandstands with these speeches at the end of every conflict. Like when they're in the White House, she gives like a two minute about like, <laughs> Barbara, you need to get rid of your powers because powers are hard. And My you know, what are you trading? So hard. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And it's it's telling someone your life has been hard versus like, you know, actually like doing shit and not grandstanding and having that super patronizing tone in every single movie. Right. Because really, if you think about it in this timeline. The only bad thing that has ever happened to her is the love of her life sacrificed himself. Like, like I mentioned before, she's still gorgeous. She's rich. She has a really good, stable, uh, boring, whatever job. I mean, it's fancy, whatever. And she lives in a place that she wants to live. She has everything going for her. It makes sense that Kristen Wiig would want to be like her. Powers or not. Just her regular life is enough for a woman to be envious. Yeah. So what's so fucking hard about your life, you fucking whiner? Exactly. Yeah, and you have superpowers. <laughs> On top of all that. Yeah, we forget about the superpowers, that you can make things invisible, can ride lightning, you can fly now. She can do everything. I mean, apparently she has everyone's superpowers. You're forgetting that this is a woman that in Justice League, at least, took multiple hits from Superman and was fine. Like, people forget, she is the daughter of a god. Yeah. So she has, like, she is almost as strong as Superman is. So what what is the issue here? Like, life is too perfect for you. You have to find something to whine about. I mean, maybe that is the major lesson in all of this, is don't be like Wonder Woman. Don't be a whiner. <laughs> don't, don't, don't cheat. Be happy with where your life is because... Even the people that have everything in the entire world can still whine and be depressed about things. <laughs> what, a, what a great tale for young girls to have growing up. Look, if you're really, and I think I've said this on other shows because we've had so many movies with strong female characters, it, it's ridiculous that anyone would think that you need to have this type of movie. Go back. I already mentioned one during the show. Buffy was a strong oh, female so character, yeah, that had flaws and had things she had to work through because everybody has flaws and everyone has things you have to work through. I've said on the show before, my favorite superhero of all time is Kitty Pride, has always been my favorite. That was a flawed character, but she had a great power and she had great stories that she went with. Like, I just don't understand why everyone needs an infallible person now. No no male character is infallible. 
No, none of those Marvel movies had the perfect person. I mean, come on, even Superman, when he was a kid, had to work through things until he became Superman. You know, Batman deals with stuff. Every every male person deals with issues. Why is every woman character now have to be perfect? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, especially when, like, the driving force of most of this movie was the fact that, like, you know, she wanted to be a little bit more normal. But they never established that she was normal to begin with. So, like, it's just a useless movie. Yeah, it honestly, I think that is the best way to sum it up. This was a useless movie. I, I wonder how the writers came up with this as their conflict. I, I just, I, I have no idea how somebody even creates this movie. No, I think it was pure laziness. It was like they, they need to make a movie that holds no bearing whatsoever on the DC universe. So what do we do? And I guess that's what they came up with. And thank God they released it on HBO Max, because otherwise they would have gotten murdered. I would think so, but then... If it wasn't for Corona, this would have made zero money at the box office. Well, no, no. Unfortunately, man, I I can't believe that. Because I think a lot of people still would have gone... See, I don't think movies do poorly anymore. It doesn't matter how bad... If you are a franchise, you make money. I mean, like, wasn't the the new Ghostbusters a flop? Uh, Money-wise? I don't think so. It's a flop because it's a terrible movie, but I don't. I think it still made a lot of Very money. Very true. Oh damn! Well, that's depressing. Yeah, I think everything still makes. If you are a major motion picture company or whatever, or distributor, your movie is going to, especially if you have superheroes, and especially if you're a nostalgic franchise like Ghostbusters would be, you are going to make money. Now, COVID has certainly. You know, flip things on their head for sure. But I almost guarantee you, even knowing for years that the New Mutants was going to be a bad movie, if that had released in theaters with no COVID, I guarantee you that still would have done well. The Dark Phoenix did well. Oh, God. And that movie, by the way, The Dark Phoenix deserves an Oscar over Wonder Woman 84. (laughs) Entirely. Well, like... They had more than one competent writer. I mean, they didn't write a good movie, but at least they wrote a coherent movie. Right. So so that's what I'm saying. It's it's very embarrassed. Like, I can't believe that everyone involved in this isn't embarrassed. Yeah. And I find it very hard. And I know there are going to be people <laughs> there are going to be people that listen to this that like the movie. And I don't know how unless you're 10 years or younger. I don't know how you like this movie. Yeah. And I'm all for mindless fun. I'm a huge fan of the James Bond movies. Sure. But this just is incomprehensible mindless fun. Right. Like, it doesn't follow its own rules. I just don't know why this exists. It's a cash grab. That's the only reason. There there can't oh, be anything God. else. Because I don't I don't see how this movie is even empowering to women. I don't and literally, literally think about this way, Nick, and maybe this was an easy joke we should have passed up, but there was a literal cat fight. <laughs> but um So I'm just how how do you take when you have so many Marvel movies that have done so much storyline wise, emotion? Come on, Scarlet Witch is incredibly powerful. Probably the most powerful person 
in the entire Marvel Universe, at least at this time. Look, Captain Marvel is a better movie than Wonder Woman 84. Oh, my God. You really went there. Think about it. The nuclear option. (laughs) But yeah, I think definitely in every metric of what makes a movie, it, it is a Captain Marvel was a better film. You hate to say even better acted too. Oh, oh my God, I know. That's tough. Look, they stumble once again. I mean, Captain Marvel is a perfect superhero technically. So the thing that they had to do was they take her memory away and they make it seem like she can't use her powers. They have a limiter on her. Like all that stuff sucks for sure. But she still had more to deal with than Wonder Woman did. So just just think about that. Talk about one-dimensional characters. That's tough. Especially when you have so many characters that aren't... Like, you can make Wonder Woman not one-dimensional. You can make Captain Marvel uh, more than one-dimensional. Like, you can do that. And I do believe that writers have the power, but there's got to be something going on that we don't know about. I, I don't know how to get through to people, and that's why the call has to be... And that's why I like what... HBO Max has with next year is I don't have to give my money to any of these terrible movies because look I didn't like I said I didn't go see Justice League I I've learned my lesson I don't go to see bad or I don't pay for bad movies that's I'll, I'll go see a bad movie if someone else wants to pay for it but even then you're still giving money like fucking Birds of Prey was better <laughs> than Wonder Woman 84 oh man that's really that's how bad this year has been. I completely forgot that was 2020. Yeah. To be quite honest, people, this is at least for me, it's not the worst movie I've seen in 2020, but it's the worst movie made in 2020 or released in 2020. Yeah. Wonder yeah. Woman 84 is the worst released big box office movie in 2020. Oh. You've got everything, you've got money, you got everything within your fingertips. Why can't you make a fucking good movie? And it's not hard. I mean, maybe, look, maybe this podcast will get out to people. Maybe this will get to the This is the wake-up call 2021 needs. Yeah, well, maybe it'll get to DC, and they'll be like, hey, these fuckheads know nothing about what they're talking about. Let's give them the reins to make a Wonder Woman movie. But that's... I would take that fucking challenge because I guarantee you I can write a better Wonder Woman movie than anyone has for one or two. And the real thing is, at every single like major thing we griped about, there were honest things where we saw like, oh, that was like a solid foundation for an idea. They didn't do anything with it, but there could have been something there. And that's the frustrating part. Like they had like the endless wish idea of like, You could have done something creative with that. But instead, it's just like forgotten about halfway through the movie. And And you you asked that question earlier. How do you even get to the point of making your MacGuffin a wish? How how are we in 2020, even though this movie is supposed to take place in 1984, but in 2020 when this is being written or, well, I don't know, maybe two years ago, whatever the fuck. How are you using the Wishmaster theme? In a movie, like, I, I don't know how you're, how do you do that? How do you go to someone? How do you go to an executive and say, hey, this is how, this is what we're doing. And them not go, what are you fucking dumb? Yeah. That story doesn't justify 
that. There is no reason to do this. Find another MacGuffin. How hard is that? And then to do it worse than so many people have already done it before. Exactly. Yeah, man. Holy shit, man. We talked for over two hours. (laughs) So there we go. We still saved 30 minutes on the actual runtime. Oh, that's fucking funny. All right, I'm trying to think, is there is there anything that we didn't touch on? Is there anything that we need to touch on? No, I think it was a good vent session. I think that's how I'd uh, call this episode. Yeah, I agree. And I think people, I hope I hope people that really dislike the movie listen to this and got some laughs out of it. That's That's what I hope. And then I also hope that if there are any people that actually enjoyed the movie, if they heard this and actually understand why people have gripes with it because there are people out there that are asking oh i watched this movie it wasn't bad like why why does everyone have a problem with it well here are two hours of the reasons (laughs) that we have a problem with it thoroughly worked out with (laughs) men in tweed jacket oh well nick this was a lot of fun i'm glad we got some final laughter in 2020 and starting into 2021 (laughs) but let me ask you is there anything that you'd like to plug at all no, just, uh, you know, peace on earth, goodwill to all men, kind. Uh... <laughs> Wait, womankind. All right. Oh, yeah. Good. Oh, oof. almost got lynched. Yeah, yeah it was going to be go. close. Yep. I'd have been hung. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would have been your wish. Can I please be hung? <laughs> hey, he's on fire today, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, well, Nick, thank you very much. I appreciate you spending the time. Stay on the line. We'll end this recording and then we'll talk a little bit. But like I said, everyone, this is the reboot that no one asked for. But I do hope to do some more movies in 2021 because it really is just fun to to talk with friends and, and have some laughs and go over these. I know everyone has podcasts and you can have your own podcast. It's very easy to do if you're good at it. That's for sure. And I hope that people enjoyed what we were able to put together here. And yeah, I'm not going to plug anything. Just, you know, if you want, go back and listen to old episodes of Ian Hates Movies because there definitely are some of my favorites in there. It's not just about movies that I hate. I actually probably love 80 to 90% of all those episodes, uh, the movies that we did. So I did not love this one. I think this was absolute garbage. And I think everyone involved should be embarrassed. But that's that's the way I think I have to leave it. But Happy New Year to everyone. I hope everyone stays safe and healthy. Once again, thank you very much, Nick. And I am going to ask you this. Do you have any final words for everyone? I'm tired. I, I got nothing, <laughs> kids. <laughs> I got, this, this is taking everything from me. Oh, you're just like a woman. A man has taken everything yeah, from Yeah, I did. Yep. I, I only got sexually harassed once in the last two hours. So that's... oh. Pretty, that's bringing down my average for the day. Your final words should have been, what What was the tally for sexual assaults? Oh, that is a good point, Ian. We are down to three sexual assaults and eight sexual harassments <laughs> in a movie that only interacted with non-protagonist males for maybe 10 minutes. Wow. That is amazing. That is absolutely amazing. <laughs> oh, fuck. Well. On that note, I will leave everyone the way I always do. Long days and pleasant nights. Thanks, everyone.